0: co-hosted by yours truly, Kate Richardson and Megan Pachecai. We're two registered
1: dietitians here to make your life easier by debunking diet myths, sharing scientific information about nutrition, and keeping you motivated to reach your goals.
0: We want to teach you everything we know by giving you real-life examples of how we've helped our combined thousands of clients transform their lives, lose weight, and get healthy without having to go on another cookie-cutter diet. On this podcast, we'll be giving you our best
1: advice, strategies, and mindset shifts, so you too can reach your goals using food, and most importantly, enjoy the process.
0: I'm obsessed with Gen Z for so many reasons, and I see you looking at me funny, and when I say obsessed, I'm just saying in general, you know how like when you're obsessed with you know a car accident on the news and you do a deep dive and you read about all of the so it's
1: like a can't look away kind of obsession right like celebrity gossip that you shouldn't care about but then you end up clicking on the link
0: anyway yes that's how i feel about gen z's and i love it so just like celebrity gossip i love love hate it and one (laughs) of the things that gen z has made popular uh is the term almond moms which I am obsessed with in a positive way, right? I think it's hilarious. I think it encapsulates so much of what millennials and even Gen Xs went through with our moms. And I've brought this term up with a few clients who are millennials, Gen X. Not many people have heard of it, but I see it all over the algorithms that I use. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that says about me. Have have you heard about, you heard about almond moms when I brought it up?
1: Yeah, so when you brought it up, that's when I started hearing about it and that's when I started researching it. So yes, now I'm seeing like other dietitians especially post about it and I've listened to a couple podcasts about it. And so I think it's showing up a little bit for me now because of that. But before you, I didn't hear about
0: it. Well, you're not on social media as much as I am.
1: I don't <laughs> see what the Gen Zs are saying. Like, you said something about girly the other day, <laughs> and now yes. it, that's all I see everywhere. And one of my clients texted me something girly, and I was like, wait, definition. Like, what are we talking about here? I mean, I can't follow the sentence.
0: So the girly thing, okay, so just for listeners, I'm a younger millennial. So some people <laughs> will argue that I'm a Gen Z. I'm in 94. Gen Z, I think, is 92. I have no idea. So I'm on the line. So okay. sometimes I feel like I'm a little hybrid there where I get... I identify as a millennial. Let me put make that very clear. Well, you're
1: definitely way more hip than me, and I'm a millennial. So there's got to be some other definition. I don't know there. if I'm
0: more hip than you. I mean, you know
1: what... Hip, I mean, like, you know what's going on yeah. in the world more than I do. I think because <laughs> some of
0: my friends just happen to be Gen Zs, like upper uh, Gen Z. Yeah. So I just, okay. I just kind of get influenced by that stuff and the girly thing is like girly pop so women will refer to themselves as like a girly pops or the girlies and then to identify as something you enjoy like um somebody might say like oh i'm a matcha girly or yes. instead of being a coffee girly she's a matcha girly and that just means that she's going to default to drinking matcha and it's a cuter way to say that okay. so I've heard I had a few clients come in here and they'll tell me that there's something girly so are
1: we nutrition
0: girly <laughs> ew <laughs> are we dietitian girlies <laughs> no <laughs> so, okay. we're, so we're that's we're talking
1: about the almond mom girlies today
0: uh, yes and especially like the girlies the daughters <laughs> what am I trying to say here I'm trying to take it too far but almond moms you should explain what almond moms are
1: should have looked up the definition ahead of time no you explain it
0: okay when we were growing up there was this uh there was all sorts of weird diet advice like disordered eating diet advice and one of the things that they would say is when you're hungry just eat a handful of almonds that was very common diet advice like you're hungry just eat a handful of almonds and so Almond moms are the moms that would say that. They would say like, oh, I'm so hungry. I'll just have a handful of almonds. Or they would tell their daughters, oh, if you're hungry, just drink a glass of water or just take a walk or have a handful of almonds. You'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we just now can look back and think that's crazy. If you're genuinely hungry, a handful of almonds is so unsatisfying, especially like raw almonds with nothing else. It's just not satisfying. I
1: think if I'm looking at it as a stereotype, it's the mom wearing the Lululemon with the fanny pack. Who orders a salad with chicken breast at lunch.
0: Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Which is me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but you also will, like, make sure that you have the baguette on the side, (laughs) right? Like, the almond mom is going to ask for dressing on the side, no croutons, hold the cheese. Got it, yeah. And then come home and talk about how stuffed she is. Or talk about how she can't, you know, if you whip out a bag of popcorn, she's going to take a bite and be like, oh no, get that away from me. I can't control myself.
1: Mm, Can't control myself around the cookies or the popcorn. Keep it out of the house. I don't even want it around.
0: Yes. So that's the stereotype is just um, being very vocal about how little food you need. Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow is like Queen Almond Mom. She is like the Almond Mom Queen Bee. All the other Almond Moms are like buzzing around her because (laughs) she but okay but here's the thing about Gwyneth Paltrow though like I don't agree with anything she says mostly but like that's her brand
1: she is smart
0: yeah she's like she
1: knows what she's doing
0: did you hear about what she eats in a day
1: oh yeah yeah I went down a whole rabbit hole
0: I listened to that entire podcast you made a post about it Mm and I remember yeah Mm -hmm. she drinks like bone broth Mm -hmm. and she's fine Oh, I heard another one, another Queen Almond Mom. She's an interior design uh, icon. Her name is Kelly Westemeyer. I know I butchered the last name. Kelly something. Hilarious. She wakes up in the morning. She said she does Barry's boot camp seven days a week. If you don't Ouch. know. Literally. If you don't know what Barry's boot camp is, it is not like a Pilates, yoga lottie's, deep breathing. There's none of that. It is running, sprinting, circuit training. She does it every day on an empty stomach. Then she comes home and she juices. And she doesn't eat real solid food until dinner. Like, she goes and tells this article. I think it was New York Times. Everything that she ate. So she's Queen Almond Mom, too. She just has juices and bone broth and lemon broth. And water. how much
1: of that is your brand versus reality?
0: That's the key. Because I really – I'm sure there are people who can do it, but usually we call those people people suffering from anorexia, mm-hmm. right? That's mm-hmm. – is anybody really doing you're that? insisting
1: on just juice and bone broth until dinner every day? I mean, it, either you're eating 2,000 calories at dinner every night or – Or you're starving your body every day and somehow living. I don't know.
0: And let's talk about why this is really harmful. I mean, I think it's harmful for obvious reasons. If you're under eating, that's not good for you. But it's harmful for the public who consumes that kind of media or sees that as an example. Because if you look at Gwyneth Paltrow, this Kelly lady, they're very thin. They're very fit. They're white women. They fit that whole persona. And they make it sound so goddamn easy. Mm -hmm. like, I just wake up every single morning And then go to Barry's boot camp, and they're working moms. Like they just, and then I can come
1: home and juice. You know, how long it takes to clean a juicer, and you do that every day. No, thank you. And you have the fresh produce just in your refrigerator, waiting for you when you get home to do that.
0: Yeah, they literally just make it sound like, of course, this is what I'm doing. And these people, yeah, they're celebrities. They're in L.A. They've got help, I'm sure. But then the rest of us, if we hold ourselves to that standard, we inevitably fail. And then we feel like, shit, we're like, how come that, how come I can't do that? How come I can't even go to Barry's boot camp three times a week? (laughs) Which, by the way, is is enough. Three times a week would be fantastic. But then you see somebody else doing it seven days a week like it's nothing. And it makes you feel bad about doing something.
1: If I get my juicer out once a month, I am, like, working it.
0: I don't even own a juicer. <laughs> I literally would not even mess with a juicer. I've seen people clean it. I used to nanny this kid whose mom would make me make him celery juice because she bought into that. Uh-huh cleaning a celery juice. oh man all those strings it was like cleaning gunk out of it uh, i can like see <laughs> it now just like it just shreds and it would make me so mad because i'm like this is all the good stuff like mm-hmm. if you're gonna eat celery the most exciting vegetable of all time said no one ever this is all the good stuff the fiber mm-hmm. why wouldn't you just like eat a bunch of celery for breakfast it's probably more satisfying than a juice yeah, but i digress Yeah, exactly. But, oh, an almond mom would never put (laughs) peanut butter. That's too much fat. If an almond mom makes a smoothie, she's putting a teaspoon of peanut butter. Almond butter,
1: not peanut butter. Oh, yes, almond butter, right? Because it's, yeah... Almond butter, cashew butter, like the superior nuts, not the lowly. We don't use the lowly peanuts, especially not Jif. Like those choosy moms do
0: not choose Jif. Literally, I'm this body is built on Jif as a kid. I would do the Skippy. Do you remember Skippy, Skippy? Mm-hmm. Body by Skippy? There's this hilarious YouTube video. You start that
1: Instagram. Yeah,
0: Body Skippy. by
1: Skippy. But my Skip.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe that could be a new gen z term <laughs> <Bye-bye>. <laughs> um but i remember this video on youtube if you're listening you have to look it up it's it's about how um 80s moms or 90s moms i can't remember how it's so much easier i think it's 90s moms where my mom she was like I think she would flip-flop between being like a wannabe almond mom just because she was cared about her weight, but she was also like normal. And so she didn't have to like overthink the snacks. Like people just bought fruit roll-ups for their kids. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and like we, I would eat mini muffins. And it was fine. Yeah. And nobody was judging you. Like, I could bring... Because
1: nobody saw it because you weren't posting it everywhere. Literally.
0: Exactly. And you weren't
1: seeing what other people were posting or the the Annie's Organic Bunny fruit snacks. That wasn't even an option. And Mm. those Annie's Organic Bunny fruit snacks are like $3 a pack. Yeah, and the Welch's fruit snacks are three dollars for ten of them.
0: Do the Annie's bunnies ones still use red dye and stuff? No, they okay. don't.
1: Yeah. There's like no dyes, all organic. Like there's actual fruit juice in them, but in all reality, it's still just a fruit
0: snack. Yeah, it's not going to do anything. I mean, if your kids <laughs> are snack. only going to shut up with the- if you give them fruit snacks, yeah, it's better. Yeah. But that that's such a good point where these foods with health halos okay. are being amplified because it sh- it says an image like it's says something about me to feed my son the organic, uh, you know, nature valley bars versus Mm -hmm. the Mm non-organic. It just speaks to somebody who maybe doesn't know that I'm more health conscious and I care about these things and I nourish my body. And at the end of the day it's just a sugary granola bar with better packaging.
1: Yeah, and I definitely think there's like this fun, funny side of the almond mom, but then there's like this dark side Mm -hmm. of the almond mom that when it comes to things like shaming your kid about the way that they look yeah. or the way that they eat like it's all fun and games for your mom to try to get you to eat healthy and i actually we'll get to this other tangent in a second but then the other part of it where people are describing their almond moms and their almond mom saying, "Well, you know, you can only have a slim fast for breakfast and then for lunch I'm going to pack you a green salad with tomatoes and cucumbers like that's where it goes dark and gets harmful and causes therapy
0: (laughs) literally yeah you know honestly I've been especially when I first started out I don't feel like these situations happen very often just because of how we've branded nutrition awareness and we've been very clear about how we help people with nutrition. But there's been times where moms will bring in their preteen daughters and they'll sit in the room and and judge the girl for eating things and give her looks when she's being honest about what she's trying to, to tell me about what she eats. And the mom will really just bring her in
1: to, so shame somebody, to
0: shame her and so that I will say, like, that's good or bad. You mm-hmm. can't eat these things. And it is an uncomfortable position because I know mom's paying and she booked the session. And also, I'm not going to tell your 13-year-old soccer player that it's bad to have a bag of Doritos with her lunch. Yeah. Like, I just won't do that. We'll talk about other things she could eat instead, but there is so much judgment, where the mom will be like, well, I wouldn't eat that. Mm -hmm. Or like, I had a family come in once, and they were really lighthearted, but the girls were joking about how mom always eats powdered meals, and I was like, what? And they're like, powdered meals, and the mom's like, these shakes that I use, you know, they were from a different country, so it was a little confusing, but it was like a powdered drink, and they were laughing about it. And I was like, I'm glad that you guys Can laugh about it Mm -hmm. but you could tell mom was like what's wrong with these yeah and she was an almond mom another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app
1: So, on the other side of this, this whole trend actually pissed me off for a different reason, and not for the kids, but for the moms. Okay. Because I'm thinking, like, you're a mom, and you have heard of the importance of nutrition for your kids, and you want to feed your kids healthy food, and you want to try to provide them with the best of everything. And so you're busting your ass to, like, make them healthy meals and, like, go get the almonds and get the organic fruit snacks. And now, like, your kid who's 20 now has a term to make fun Mm -hmm. of you for. Mm -hmm. And it's like, goddamn, moms can't do anything right. Mm. Like, nothing. Like, all they tried to do was to provide you with nutritious meals, and now here you come calling them the almond mom. Well, okay, generation before that were vilified because they fed you Pop-Tarts and they were the TV dinner Mm mom. So, like, the TV dinner mom you're mad at her because she didn't cook you a nice breakfast or dinner, but now you're also mad at the mom who did? Yeah. Like, can we do nothing right? And where are the almond dads? <laughs> Nobody's shaming dads for what they provided or, like, going through the drive through with the kid, like, because it's the dad. Like, mm. why is the mom the one who always gets shamed for no matter what she does, no matter what she chooses, nutritious, non-nutritious, like, we're shaming you for everything.
0: I am not a mom, so that didn't cross my mind. I can understand how you feel that way, and I'd never thought of it like that. When you were talking about the dad thing, I think dads get shamed for so many other things, though I do. I think that there is, like, a lot of people always come home with daddy issues, or like, my dad wasn't there, or my dad judged me, or my dad made me always have to be achievement-oriented. I think when we talk about body image, just women, period, Mm -hmm. are always going to be the ones that are Put there's more pressure on us to appear and look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And of course, we think about food when it comes to that. And when you're a daughter of a mother, your mom is your example of how a woman eats. And so when you grow up, it doesn't matter if you had the perfect childhood and the perfect diet, there's always something that you're going to look back on and be like, I wish my mom did this differently. I'm angry at my parents for this because if it was me, I would have done it like that. So I do yeah. think that no matter what, like your kids are gonna do something to be—they're not—they're gonna, gonna be angry about something, mm-hmm. which just sucks. Mm-hmm. But it is—I think it's kind of hilarious when, as a collective, everyone can come together, and it's a little bit healing when we can all identify together. Like, oh, my mom was an almond mom. Like you went through this too. I think that's healing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And also, it sucks. (laughs) It sucks (laughs) to the mom because, like, she probably did what she knew best. You know, in my book, I write about that. I remember you made a comment, and it stuck with me because I was writing about um, how, you know, our moms did what we think is best. So I was giving advice to the reader that, hey, you know, if you're a mom, X, Y, Z, if you're the daughter of a mom who made you feel guilty or shameful about eating – forgive her I just kind of wrote about compassion your mom did the best that she could and it was probably out of a place of love Mm -hmm. and you made a comment because you wanted me to expand on something like is this a free pass to moms Mm -hmm. is this like a free like don't not holding them responsible yeah and that stuck with me I was like am I doing that am I giving them a free pass and I think yes (laughs) I think that we have to recognize that a lot of our moms are Doing, they're trying to heal themselves through how they parent us. Yeah. Like if you had a mom who was really insecure about her body, and maybe she found that people were kinder to her or nicer to her when she was thin, then she may associate that with thinness and subconsciously she projects it onto her kid she doesn't want her kid to go through being bullied for mm-hmm. being overweight like she was in a different time period mm-hmm. and so she really just pushes dieting yeah and so or maybe it's the opposite you know um, a mom who was naturally really lean but got the idea from other people that gaining weight was the worst thing you could do and that it would devalue her and maybe she says those to her kids and doesn't even realize it.
1: I think that hard conversations lend to healing. For sure. And so I think versus thinking like free pass, mom had the best intention, which is probably true in most cases. It The intentionality matters, but the outcome happened regardless of what the intention was. So if the outcome is that you feel damaged or slighted in some way because of something that your mom did or the way that she provided food for you or how she commented on you, I think the best way to heal from that is to have a conversation surrounding Mm -hmm. it. So versus the just like having the forgiveness model, which I think is amazing, I think that more healing for both parties can occur if someone can have the courage to start that conversation or at least start a multitude of conversations that are happening. And I think that's the only way you get that generational healing is if you can have that conversation with your mom about what happened, how it happened, how it made you feel, how it made her feel, what her intention was. I think that's really the only way to move on for that move on from that because you may assume a million different things. Like your mom had you when she was 25. You didn't know that woman. You yeah. Know? Like you didn't know that woman. You didn't know her circumstances. You don't know where she was coming from. She's a completely different person at 55. So to maybe get that perspective of the 25-year-old mm-hmm. and then where wherever you are with your kid at this point, to then kind of learn both perspectives and be able to move forward with that, I think is probably the way that we step out of the almond mom versus shaming versus whatever else people are going to come up with to call their moms.
0: I like that you brought up that your mom was a different person when she was, whenever she had you versus when you can consciously remember your relationship. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't remember what I thought of my mom when I was eight, Mm -hmm. but then I started to really see her as a separate being, not until I was in my Mm twenties, you know, like you just see your mom as a as your mom. Yeah. And she's then, just
1: there. She's your She's your mom and she only exists as your mom.
0: Isn't it a little bit crazy? Like when when you remember thinking of your mom, when you recognize yeah. her as a person, mm-hmm. right? Like sounds so, but like anybody knows what I mean. It is crazy when your parents... Are just people to you. <laughs> and then I think when you have that kind of like rattling realization of like, oh my God, like my mom was just like some chick <laughs> and my dad was some dude and like they, they did the best they could. Yeah. Then when you kind of swallow that pill, then you can either find the forgiveness or have that conversation. Maybe, you know, one has to come first before you can have the conversation or the forgiveness. I don't know. It depends on the person and the relationship. But, yeah, I mean, I saw my mom. I'm like, my mom just struggled with her weight her whole life and just did what she did and thought she was doing the best she could. And I just absorbed things like a little sponge. Mm-hmm. You know, she probably tried to hide it as best okay. she could. And we've talked about it. It all worked out. We're both doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that it's interesting to think about not only your mom's age. What they're going through, but also the time period and exactly. the social messaging. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's just gonna be so interesting because think about the messaging now, it's so mixed. I feel like when our moms were growing up, it was being thin for sure it's like special k diet special k diet soup diet cottage cheese diet grapefruit
1: like thin thin thin
0: thin thin Thin,
1: um nothing was allowed to have fat in it it was eat as little as possible but we don't have that mess i mean that message still exists in some form but then there's all these other messages out there that are a complete opposite of that
0: That's what I want to think about now because it's like, well, maybe for young moms listening now, it's like, well, how do you not be an almond mom and how do you also be as healthy as you can and what other crazy things are the kids now going to come up with? What quote unquote trauma are we going to put on them, Mm -hmm. especially now that it's such a different time where there's many different standards of beauty You know, wherever that's related to the social media, the fact that there are more uh, races in America, all sorts of mixed races, so different body types as a result of that. I mean, it's kind of crazy how different it's going to be. So I wonder if that's going to be confusing or healing for people. You know what I mean? (laughs) Both. Yeah. Sure.
1: Both, depending on your situation. And I mean, I struggle with that. We were out of town all weekend, and you look at a kids' menu. It's got grilled cheese, chicken nuggets. Uh, cheeseburger, and then your sides are fries, applesauce, or fruit, and then it usually comes with, like, an apple juice. So then, where I'm at now, like, my kid doesn't want any of that stuff. Not that he eats healthy. He doesn't. He just doesn't eat.
0: he? He just doesn't eat. He's almost he's, two, right?
1: He's two... Oh. He turned two in February. Okay. So... I know he's not gonna eat chicken fingers. I know he will eat fries. Like that's the one thing that I know he'll eat. But it's like I want to get him the fruit because I want to be like the person who's providing him with something healthy. But then I also know if I get him the chicken fingers and the fruit, he might not eat any of it. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, do I give in and just order him the fries because I know he'll eat something? Or do I just order him the fruit and then he might not eat
0: anything. (gasps) That is a predicament. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's
1: like so we do this all the time when we go out and like okay what do we order and do we order the thing that he's most likely to eat or do we order something healthy because he's probably not gonna eat anything either way.
0: What'd you do this weekend?
1: So this weekend he didn't eat at all when we were out like at so we went to three different restaurants this weekend he didn't touch a bite of food (gasps) except for he did eat a couple fries he did eat a couple fries but other than that he didn't eat a bite of food but there was a smoothie bar at our hotel and he will down some smoothies and okay. they actually had a smoothie that was just yogurt and fruit in it so we got him one of those every day so I felt like okay well if at least he's eating the smoothie and then he will eat snacks so like if I offer him Chex Mix or something like that he'll be like hell yeah I'll yeah. eat that for sure so it was snacks and smoothie.
0: Was he just full? So,
1: I don't know if it's being out, Mm -hmm. because he wants to color, he wants to play with his little puzzles, and we'll offer the food, and he just says no immediately, and then when we got home last night, I was like, Jesus, he's not going to eat, but last night, we had rice and beans and chicken, and he ate it fine, being at home, so I don't know if it's just, like, being out, he's just like, nah, I don't want this, but he doesn't really like, he doesn't like grilled cheese, he doesn't like burgers, he doesn't like chicken nuggets, so...
0: He's just himself. (laughs) I actually love that because I think about my own life and like if I have a day where I'm like running errands and I'm just like loving my time, my mind's (laughs) distracted, like I think don't bother me with the nugget yeah other times that's the exception not the rule. <laughs> let me be clear like i rarely that happens but it's always like a surprise when it's like two thirty, and i'm like i haven't eaten lunch i'm just doing things yeah. so i think I, you know i'm not a mom and we sometimes have imposter syndrome talking about that but i'm like oh that's i think you're doing the best thing you give him food all day and then you present him with an option and he either eats it or doesn't eat it right. and you try to find the best thing knowing his preferences and like it's okay
1: Yeah. And I think I think best case scenario is you provide your kid with a healthy option. They get to decide whether they eat it or not. And then you don't put any kind of shame Mm -hmm. on the food or on their body based around that and I think like if you're looking for a way to not cause any damage that's probably a best case scenario yeah. so like I'm gonna give you green beans at dinner you might eat them you might not I can't get all up in arms no about that and I also can't be like you better eat your green beans or you're gonna be fat
0: do you get super excited when he eats <laughs> oh my
1: gosh, so excited <laughs> when we go for like because before we left on this trip I was like okay like I'm gonna just try 10 times harder to like get him to eat something healthy because we can't just keep subsisting on snacks. And we were doing so good for like a couple days before we went on this trip. And then I was like, oh my gosh, it ruined everything. But then thinking through it, I'm like, I don't really care. I can go with the flow for a weekend. And then smoothies are my saving grace because I know he'll eat them. And at home, I can put greens in there i could put yogurt in there i could put peanut butter in there mm-hmm. and he would eat those for breakfast lunch and dinner so nutritionally i'm not super worried about him like we do a multivitamin we do omega and those smoothies but i think he eats pretty good at school because he sees his friends a social eating influence. at school yeah so he'll he'll be more adventurous there and i know he gets a good lunch he eats breakfast at home and he does pretty good and then he'll eat lunch at school. And from what they tell me, they say he eats. Yeah. So, so I'm not like, okay, if he doesn't eat a good dinner and he's just distracted by all the things he wants to do, like, okay.
0: Do you feel, I don't know how to say this, relieved in a sense that he's a boy and it you're probably going to have an easier time instilling at least non-disordered eating
1: habits on him I never thought about it in that way, um, because he's just never been anything but a boy, so I've never thought, like, I have had some conversations with friends with daughters who had a hard time with their grandmothers, so, like, their grandma making comments of, like, oh, look at your big chubby belly, or grandmas making comments about their own bodies, because that was just... Normal. And, like, oh, yeah. Grandma's saying, I'm going on a diet, or i got to lose 20 pounds. And then, then the mom being super conscious of not bringing mm-hmm. any of that stuff up, kind of having a problem with that other generation and how they're talking to their girls about it and needing to have a conversation about that. Obviously, I don't have a daughter, so I, I don't know. But, um, but, yeah, I could definitely have seen that with my mom and a daughter, too. Like, just, you know, making inappropriate comments that to them aren't inappropriate. I
0: guess. Yeah. I was thinking about that this morning. I was in a, a fitness class. And just a little tangent here. I only signed up for a 7 a.m. Monday because the guy that normally teaches it is chill. He plays, like, the best rap music, but it's just not too hard. But the girl today was a sub, a last-minute sub. And she was super fit, really peppy, enthusiastic. Did not expect this. The class was so freaking hard. It was not what I wanted. <laughs> I barely just I just dragged through. But I noticed she was making comments about how she ate too many burritos this weekend, so we're gonna push hard. And then she made another comment about earning calories, and she had to be in her late 40s, early 50s. Okay. Giving almond mom for sure. Okay. And I, I'm the the girls who were all in this class. Nobody looked like they were over 35. Yeah. Genuinely. So I was like, we were all. (laughs) So
1: they're hearing this, like, okay, this message is tired.
0: Right. (laughs) It was. It was like cringy. Like you ate too many burritos this weekend. What, you so hungry from starving? You binge on (laughs) burritos? I think it it was a weird thing to say, period, but yeah, I was like, she probably just doesn't. That was so normal. Like when I was growing up, when I was in yeah. middle school, high school, like that's what trainers said. Yeah, they were like, burn calories, mm-hmm. earn those margaritas, mm-hmm. like all that weird stuff. And so it is just different, which is a little bit of a, a tangent of what you said. Um, but just speaking of generationally, mm-hmm. I've always wondered that. You know, a, a, you know, if you have a, a daughter and. Um, How I feel like I'm just going to be so hyper-conscious of how I speak around food. And I know that things are going to be different once I'm a mom. And it's going to be different from when your kid is two versus when she's seven. I mean, even with Liam, you know, it's like it's going to be different now versus when he's a little bit older. But, you know, I'm like, I think I'm going to just really emphasize how food makes me feel. Like, really nutritious things. Take a very scientific approach to it. Never shame is at least the best of my ability on what i'm eating how i feel about myself
1: what you feel how you're craving how to listen to your body like that is a best case scenario to teach those connections between those things and how like what you put in your body does affect the way that you feel and does affect the way that your brain works and how you learn and you're if you're into sports your sports performance like those things are mm-hmm. linked um so I think teaching that is great and making them aware of that as early as possible is best is a best case scenario without the shame. It, like, yeah, if you eat Doritos and a cheeseburger for lunch, like you're conditioning after school, mm-hmm. like you might not be as fast as the other kids. You might feel like you're dragging, like that's fine, but that's how that's going to make you feel. If mm-hmm. you made a better choice, you might be at the head of the pack. You might actually want to be there and not be in a bad mood. Like trial it. See how you feel. And that's a better reason to want to eat healthy food than mom said cheeseburgers and Doritos are bad for me.
0: When I think about my best case scenario as a mom, I think you might appreciate this. And I'm going to preface this by saying, I don't know what my life's going to look like when I'm a mom. This is somebody who doesn't have kids, who has a dog, and like I live that like 20 single life where I don't (laughs) have the kid. In my mind, i want to teach my kids and show them where food comes from Mm -hmm. i had never learned any of that like i never thought about where does my food come from until i was in my 20s -hmm. so that just wasn't my parents were both working like from the grocery store yeah literally i'm like oh the farmer brings it to the grocery store i in my perfect scenario my kids learn to appreciate whole food ingredients cooking the process yeah and of course, I'm going to incorporate convenience processed foods because I enjoy those too. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like I want to amplify that if I have the time and the means.
1: I think if you're making it a part of your life, it's automatically going yeah. to be a part of there. So I was like reflecting back on on our lives as you were saying that, and I'm like, okay, we have pineapples growing in the backyard mm-hmm. right now. So, so he's jealous. seeing where that pineapple comes from, and he calls pineapples "app apples." So he thinks we have "app apples." growing in the backyard right now so it's gonna be so cool to then pick that and he'll be able to see that so I think if you're living that in your everyday life you don't even have to make the extra effort like if you like to go to the blueberry patches and pick them every spring he's gonna to want to go do that she's mm-hmm. gonna to want to go do that too I think because it is already a big part of your life and something that you appreciate they'll kind of see that as well
0: yeah Okay, let's give a a few tips to young moms who are listening, or any mom who's listening, Mm -hmm. uh, common situations and how we'd handle it. So here's a situation I see all the time, usually a teen athlete who have intense hungers. But, you know, as teenagers are growing so fast, when they're active, they're hungry, and their friends, they're influenced by what their friends are eating, junk food, fast food, sugar, all the things. And you notice your son or daughter is gravitating towards those, craving those, asking for those, um, and not eating some of the healthier options. How would you handle that? What would you tell a mom who is coming to you with that?
1: Yeah, I think first, the first thing I always think of is like relaxation around food. So like try not to heighten the situation and make the situation stressful for you or for the kid.
0: Because what happens is that kid's going to get it no matter what. They're just going to hide it from you.
1: Exactly. So they're going to look for ways to get it when you're not around. Or it's going to become such a special food to them that they're going to end up binging on it at some point in life. Or later on in life when they live alone, they're, you know all of those tendencies are going to come out. So relaxation around food. All foods are allowed. Like There's nothing that's off limits. As soon as you put a food off limits... Like kid's going to want to eat the food. The adult's going to want to eat the food. Same thing with the diet. When you take chocolate off limits, like you're going to want to eat chocolate. And then I think trying to think of things that the kid likes that also incorporate some kind of nutrition in a balanced way to offer that. So a lot of kids like PB&Js. Some adults might think like, well, peanut butter and jelly, that's not very nutritious. But if you can... Put it on Dave's Killer Bread, like the white done right. It's going to texturally going to be the same as white bread, but you're getting some whole grains, some fiber, and some protein from that bread. Put some peanut butter on there. you got some healthy fats and protein. If you can get the all-fruit spread jelly, great. I mean, kids don't really know the difference between <laughs> a regular jelly and that. So if you could get them maybe packing that, and then you know they have some good nutrition in them that's going to fuel them for whatever match or meat, And then if they want to have the Doritos after that and they want to have the fruit snacks or the gummies or the whatever, go ahead. They're kids. The body is so resilient. Like, they're kids. They're going to eat that stuff and it's okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would say 100% of the same thing. I would also add if you're cooking and serving meals, really emphasizing to your kids at meals, whole real foods, Mm -hmm. healthy things. Mm -hmm. So if they're eating a balanced breakfast, lunch, and dinner – there's not going to be a lot of room for that yeah. other
1: stuff anyways, and they're going to be starving and eating it all the
0: time. If you've dieted your whole life, you may have forgotten that as a kid, you have a bit of an intuitive sense on when to stop eating. Mm-hmm. We, learn, we, we learn to not listen to that when we diet or become obsessed with our weight. Yeah. So if you're feeding your kids and they're filling up on things, even if they're not your perfect idea of health, Maybe that your kids don't really like a lot of vegetables, but they like a lot of fruit. And -hmm. you're like, they should be eating more vegetables, but they just won't right now. Okay, just serve them fruit. They're still going to be getting a lot of the same benefits. It's fine.
1: That's where
0: I'm at right now. Yeah. Literally go nuts with fruit. If you ever thought that your kids are eating too much fruit, I promise you they're not. Uh, If that's going to help them get that fiber and that phytonutrients, go for it. Even if it's not what you would balance your plate with. Stock up on the whole real healthy foods that your kids like. Even if they're minimally processed, things like hummus and baby carrots and quick oats or whatever it might be, that's still going to give them something versus, you know, not anything at all. Right. Uh, And then they might be able to better moderate how much of those other things they're eating without even trying.
1: Right, exactly. So Liam had started asking for snacks when he got home from school, and he would say, Snack, snack! (laughs) <laughs> really and he would like want the fruit snacks every time, and I'm like, okay, I will, like what am I gonna do here? So then I just started doing offering blueberries. And at first, he was like, no, like, I'm not doing this. But then he likes to open up the blueberry thing, and he, like, finds it a challenge to open it up. So now I just offer that, put it out there first for him, and he'll end up eating enough of them that he kind of forgets hmm. about the fruit snacks yeah. in the first place. I like that idea. <laughs> so just, like, trying to find a little hack like that. But, I mean, my kid has maybe eaten three vegetables in the last month. Yeah. And that, I mean... I'm a dietitian. I think it's super important. Like, I try my best, and that just, he's just not eating them. And that's okay. Yeah, like, he's, he's gonna too- live. He's getting a vitamin. And I throw some greens in his smoothies. Like, it's gonna be okay.
0: You know, toddlers are picky, and there's gotta be some evolutionary reason, you know? Like, so it's,
1: this is the theory is that when, so a lot of kids are not picky when they're immobile. So when they start sitting up and they're able to start eating, they will eat pretty much whatever you put in front of them. Avocados, sweet potatoes, tomatoes, like they'll pick everything up and try it. Because they're immobile, their food source is just from the parent. And so in, like, hunter-gatherer times, they would only be provided the nutrition that was brought to them. Once they become mobile, they start crawling, especially when they start walking. You'll notice they become pickier because they're more likely to wander away from the tribe. They're more likely to pick a berry that's poisonous. They're more likely to come across something to put in their mouth that would cause some kind of sickness And so they become more discerning about their foods, and if it's something that's not familiar to them or it's a weird texture, then they may leave that alone because that would be a survival mechanism that it's not something that they are super familiar with. So that's why doctors, pediatricians, dietitians will tell you, like, it takes 30 to 50 times of exposure before your kid even pick it up, Mm -hmm. maybe, as a toddler. Because they're more discerning because usually they start moving. So I've seen this with... A lot of friends' kids that are like, oh, my gosh, my kid eats everything. This is so great. And then all of a sudden they start getting picky. And then they have teeth coming in around the same time. And so then the teeth hurt and then they don't like this certain food. And that's okay. It's something that they all go through. And that's a theory. I don't know, like, if that's proven, but it makes sense to me.
0: And it makes it, – I, like, have self-compassion with that. I, even though I'm not a mom, I'm like, oh, that would make me feel so much better. to just be like, a reason. Yeah. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is actually a good thing. Like, my kid's being discerned. Concerning. he's exerting independence mm-hmm. and I do think independence is something to be celebrated you know especially having kids have making their own choices having autonomy over food mm-hmm. you know I know that there's always going to be you know certain situations where it could be concerning like for instance if you had a teen girl who decided she was going to be vegan gluten-free For literally no reason at all, but then you kind of think, oh, it's because she wants to lose weight. Okay, well, then maybe that's a little bit different. It's a different conversation. But I think it's healthy if your kid's going to be choosing his or her own foods.
1: Yeah, and a lot of times, too, like in those teenage years, it's searching for control of something. Mm -hmm. It's like before they get their license, before they're out on their own, but they're also kind of becoming their own person, and then they can start making choices about food. You'll see that a lot where they start to rebel
0: Oh, I was such a food rebel. That's, yeah, that's what I, that was my thing of control. I was like, I'm going to control food. So yeah, and I think with women especially, that is something that we do because we also think we're controlling other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, let's do one more example of maybe um, how to, how to not be an almond mom in certain situations.
1: One thing, I guess it's not necessarily, I'll take my personal experience. I think something that, because I got into nutrition when I was in high school. And I always thought that it was great when my mom would respect whatever my choices were and try and help with that. So when I wanted to start packing my lunch, She wouldn't do it for me, but she gave me $20 so I could go to the store and pick what I wanted and put it together on my own. So it was, like, enough independence that she wasn't controlling it, but she was kind of helping the situation. I remember in college, she would send me almonds, like, in the mail, a big old thing of almonds, because almonds were, like, $20 for a whole bag, and I can't afford that. But she was providing me with something that was nutritious that she knew I would eat that I thought was healthy for me. So it was silent, um, support, I guess, without necessarily commenting on, like, oh, well, you look this way or you look that way, but noticing, like, these are some of the foods that I'm eating or some of the things that I like or this goes along with what I'm interested in right now, and just that silent support, I never felt, like, Mm. pressure to eat a certain way in front of her or... But did your
0: mom have food or body issues, you
1: think? Um, I mean... We did the grapefruit diet together, (laughs) like, I mean, things like that, but it it didn't cause any kind of damage to me, it was kind of like, I know other people have said, like, it's a fun thing, and that's wrong to, like, diet with your daughter, (laughs) okay, I understand where you're coming from, but I honestly thought it was fun, like, I was like, oh, mom's eating grapefruit with two slices of bacon and one egg, like, I want to eat... Grapefruit with two slices of bacon and one egg, and like, what's so harmful about that? Like, and she would drink grapefruit juice with dinner, and I'd be like, I want to drink grapefruit juice with dinner. And I was a little kid, and I just thought, like, this is cool. Yeah. um So I didn't really get any negativity surrounding that, but she also didn't really like talk negatively about her body in front of me either, I don't think.
0: Because when I heard that example inside of me, I'm like, yes, that's awesome. Like, silent support, and also. I think a woman who really has issues with her body may find that way more challenging. Mm -hmm. Sounds to me like with your mom, that just came natural because who was talking about these things Mm -hmm. like that, you know? Like she was like, oh, like, okay, Megan wants to make her own lunch. Like, yeah, of course, it's a great thing to do. Mm -hmm. Where maybe a mom who is used to controlling her kid's food out of whatever fear or projection of her own insecurities may find that really difficult. And if that's you, if you're like, oh my God, I can't imagine letting my 13 year old, 14 year old pick out her own lunch. She would pick a bunch of mm-hmm. non nutritious things. That's a, like you said earlier, a really good opportunity for a self reflection and a conversation with your daughter. Yeah. Maybe going to a dietitian together and learning about what healthy food looks like, taking your kid out to the grocery store and letting them pick out things with you there to start, um, going to certain restaurants and trying to mimic things that your kid would order and healthifying them, adding more nutritious elements to what your kids already gravitate towards. So there's lots of different ways to help slowly relinquish some of that control in a healthy way if it doesn't come naturally.
1: And also providing that teaching moment of like, it's great mm-hmm. if they play sports and that's the easiest way to provide the teaching moments with the fuel. But also like if they're doing anything like marching band or dance or if they're Coding. into academics. Yes, Break exactly. Great power. Focus. And bringing that back to the brain and healthy fats and all of that and really teaching what can fuel their specific interests, you can always kind of tie it back to nutrition in a healthy way.
0: Oh, that's like a game I play with clients. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, sometimes I inflate people's egos a little bit. I'm like, you're an important part of your company. Like, you need to be, you know, you yeah. can find anything, everything. Your, your body is made of nutrition. Yeah. And it needs to function properly. So finding that positive angle. So, I think we talked a lot. uh, We kind of went all over the place here. Any last things you wanted to say either about Almond Moms or to Almond Moms? If you
1: don't like being shamed, stop shaming your mom about her choices. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) So, if you want to call her an Almond Mom, that's fine. But have a conversation Mm -hmm. about it and try to let come to a conclusion together instead of just shaming you're like turning it around and shaming it on her for what she did when you're feeling shamed for what she did to you so
0: like let's end that cycle and if your mom is not open to having a conversation Mm -hmm. if she's not hearing you then talking to a mental health professional talking to your friends and accepting that your mom's a different person from a different time with a whole different experience if she's not open to, ha- open to having that conversation, then you can still empower yourself and eat in a way that feels good to you. But don't be afraid to seek out support from somebody else.
1: Bring that therapist in and ask them how to start the conversation. <laughs> like, that's the best thing you can do is explaining the situation to someone who's outside of it and then having their help with how to kind of bring that up. Because don't go in guns a and It's not going to go
0: well. No. <laughs> no. No. You don't want to hurt anyone's feelings and make them defensive definitely reach out to a professional. And of course, we're professionals. We talk about these things all the time. I have lots of teen girls, college girls come in who share with me and share with you their stories about their moms and how they eat and we can we can help you figure out something.
1: You have had a lot of homework assignments for clients of mm-hmm. conversations that need to be had whether it's with a significant mother, a significant other and a lot of times
0: a mom. Yeah, we did that episode. Uh, I can't remember which one, but it wasn't more than ten ago. Which was living with a gym rat mm-hmm. um, and living with a health nut. Same kind of thing. If you live with an almond mom, whether that's your husband or your partner, or even it could be a an almond daughter, right? Because <laughs> you never know, right? <laughs> then, then yeah, definitely listen to that episode too, because we give a lot of good co- uh, tips for how to start those conversations. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nutrition Awareness Podcast. And if you did find it helpful and want to share it with the whole world, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram in your stories at nutrition.awareness so we can connect with you. To get notified about the next episode
1: of Nutrition Awareness, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode.
0: And to create your own personalized nutrition plan with us, be sure to schedule your virtual or in-person consultation on our website, www.OrlandoDietitian.com.
1: Now get out there, fuel up, and live your healthiest life. We'll see you on the next episode.